0: Fly ball.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening, folks. Thank you very, very much for listening. The day today is the 8th of October, year of our Lord, 2020. Welcome to another episode of the Motown Rundown. Got a lot of things to unpack today. Namely, the most obvious thing, the thing that we, we hit on the Lions the most on this show um, so far uh, since our debut. Uh, with the Lions bye week coming up, hopefully next week we won't have to do that very much. But unfortunately, today... We do have to talk about them a little bit more because of what transpired on Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. Um, It was actually a little bit, we were a little bit unsure if that game was even going to be played because it comes out, what, Saturday night, that the Saints arrive in Detroit and they have a player test positive for COVID. And then we're like, former Detroit Lion, Michael Burton. Oh, did they really? I didn't even know there was a name of the person who actually, I just heard that it was a player. Um, and then we find out it was a false positive boom game on lions and saints. Okay. Well, I, I kind of went into it. Like this game is going to get canceled, isn't it? And then it's going to get postponed. They're going to be played at a later date when like Michael Thomas is healthy and the guys in their secondary are healthy. And I was like, of course that's going to happen. But then I was like, Oh, game on. Cool, cool, cool. Like we're still going to have a pretty good game. Um, and for the first four minutes and about 50 seconds, Matthew, we did have a pretty good game. Lions go up fourteen nothing, and it's one of those things where you're like, okay, so this week things are going right pretty quick, but the issue is that now there's just even more time than what there usually is on the clock, and then it becomes the you know, the matter of time that it always is with the Lions. Um Matthew, you I think in the Green Bay game were like yeah, Patricia's done. I think it was the Green Bay game, right?
2: Must have been because obviously we won Week
1: Three, right? So I don't know. Yeah, you're right. right. So it must we have won it in, in Arizona. You're right. So um, we're all at a point right now, and I don't want to get too much into this because it's not a Lions thing, but just comparatively, the Texans just let go of Bill O'Brien.
2: No, I think this is a good point to bring up. This is I was going to bring this point up anyways. So this
1: is good. so it just kind of feels like okay. Like he, Adam Gase, and Matt Patricia are like the three coaches right now that at any minute they could be fired. Like at any minute you could see the notification and you'd be like, yep, that's – yep, not no surprise there. And the first domino fell uh, with, with Bill O'Brien in Houston out as the GM and as the coach. Um, and then – And offensive coordinator technically right, yeah. because he decided that that was important. The jack of all trades, Bill O'Brien. Um, Adam Gase people thought was going to get fired. What a week and a half ago after the, I think it was a Thursday night game against the Broncos. People thought that he was just going to get locked out of the locker room. Um, and then on Sunday, we kind of felt like that was the case with Patricia. Um, despite the fact that Detroit came back, I don't care you know what the score says. It was not indicative of where the lions were actually at 35, 29, um, lions go up 14, nothing saints rattle off 35, 35- unanswered points um matthew talk to me a little bit about where you're gonna be at if we go into week six after the bye week and he's still here he's he is not getting fired i agree that is
2: not my wish given the fact that we're it's what day is it today it's tuesday no that's it's not right wednesday it's our recording day it's, i knew i was not right it's Wed. it's wednesday as, when people are listening um, to this it's thursday it's Thursday. This I'm not unique in this. 2020, like the time of 2020 has been, I don't
1: know what day it is at any point. And, it's Wednesday. work. I, I just want to add that. Like, you go to work every day. Imagine being me. Yeah, I, I have a, a, like
2: a, a pretty consistent and schedule. And I'm just at
1: home. Like, I don't know. All I know is, like, okay, I got to wake up today. And that's it. Yeah. Anyways, go
2: ahead. Yeah, no. So that's, yeah. So credit to me for paying attention to things. It's Wednesday. Lions played on Sunday. The fact that it is Wednesday and he still has a job says that he's not getting fired. Yeah. If we're going to fire him, we, and especially going into the bye week, like everybody has talked about, he would have been gone already to give us as much time as possible to get this thing figured out. Uh, Especially, I mean, obviously I think everybody wants him gone. That's not a unique thing. So if at any point, even if it's like the day before we play our next game, if that's when he gets fired, I'm not going to complain. I mean, so it's whatever. I guess I don't care if I'm right in that sense that at this point we're not going to fire him at least before the season ends between the three that you mentioned Bill O'Brien Matt Patricia and Adam Gase I think Adam Gase was probably the one that should have gotten fired first I agree Matt Patricia second both should have been fired like right now then Bill O'Brien they are the Texans are 0-4 so I completely understand them saying, like, we're done. We know who you are. We know what you are. We know what you're going to bring to the table. And especially because it sounds like uh, the quote-unquote success that he's had in Houston, despite that, uh, there are a lot of things off the field that guys just cannot stand him. J.J. Watt and defensive coordinator, whatever his name so I just is, want to say just, this just apparently really got quick. into a pretty
1: intense argument yeah, with Yeah, I read the quote just a few, that came out a few hours ago where it's like J.J. Redick – J.J. Redick. J.J. Watt has this outburst in practice against Bill O'Brien, like, questioning his coaching ability. I'm like, brother, do you realize how unlikable you must be and how bad you must be at your job? If J.J. Watt, like, one of the nicest guys in the world, off the field at least, is, like, calling you out in front of everybody, that, like, really stood out to me. Unless I just have this totally wrong vision of J.J., like, that, if yeah like that is the ultimate nail in the coffin and for Detroit that would obviously be Stafford um but he's not really a guy that would do that and I agree that if if he were to get fired I think it, it probably would have already happened um for 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 Patricia that is I just think to have the audacity to come out of that game against New Orleans on Sunday and say when i got hired like the question was why should lions fans continue to like root for you and believe in this team and he's which he's been asked week in and week yes. out
2: so actually before you go on i don't i don't mean to cut you off i'm probably going to agree with everything that you're about to say he has been asked that question several 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 times every single time he gives the exact same answer that when he came in, he had a lot of work to gotcha. do. The organization had a lot of work to do. They have a lot of work to continue to do. That has always been his answer. I guess I don't necessarily understand why it's just now because Dan Orlovsky he's brought getting a lot scrutinized of so much to it. Correct. And a lot of former Detroit Lions players, too. Glover Quinn. So I um, think...
1: And then who was the other one? He, he, he was... Glover. It was Glover Quinn, and who was the other player? It's going to make me really mad. Gonna, well, Quandre, Quandre Diggs, Diggs is, Diggs, Quandre Diggs. Was, Yes,
2: I don't know if it was this weekend that he came out and said something, but he has said something before. Plenty of players have. I guess I'm probably just going to say what you were going to say here. You already have, yeah. What are you doing? I get, so part of what he's saying is that that's just his mentality. Like, you always got to come in, you got to do work. It doesn't really matter where you are. Like, there's always work to be done. It is no surprise to hear. It's actually unfortunate to hear because it means that we were right. From Dan Orlovsky, and depending on how this conversation goes, I do actually plan on dubbing that into this. So if you're listening, we'll see how that gets thrown in. If you heard bring it, Matthew We're going to cut to it. Uh, if
1: yeah. you didn't, If you didn't hear it, we're very sorry. Matthew was not able to figure that out.
0: We're going to come to Coach Caldwell's back. One, because it's the truth. And two, because we have immense respect for Coach Caldwell. First of all, we were 11 and 5 in 2014 and a really good football team. 2015, we go 7 and 9. It's because we turned the football over. But the last eight games, we were 7 and 1. So flipped our season around. The next two years, we're 9 and 7. And I believe in week 17, we were playing Green Bay in both years for a chance to win the division. Okay. So to come in and say that you had a lot of work to do is completely false. It's a bunch of trash, because that wasn't the case in Detroit. We were a good football team. Matthew Stafford was playing as good as he has in his career. That was because of Coach Caldwell. And we were a, an organization that was ascending. He was building. And you know what another thing, Z? Yeah. The culture was amazing. The culture was, was fantastic. So you had a winning record in three or four of your years, the culture was great. Your quarterback was playing really good football. So for him to come in and say that there was a lot of work to have done is a bunch of trash. Second of all, you know what Coach Caldwell wasn't? A finger pointer. Like what coach comes in and says, oh, well, I, I, when what, I got here. What did I say earlier? Yeah. I did this, Dan. I, I said the one thing I can sure tell you about that coach right there is he's doing this. He's looking straight ahead, but that left is going right. The right is going left. Finger point. Like, all day long. And and just finger point. It, and it's wrong. It's false. And for him to come to go say <laughs> that after being 10 and 25, to say that, to go, well, you know what? Before I got here, it was bad. Wasn't me. Here's the thing, Coach. No, it wasn't. We have eyewitness accounts of it not being bad. It was actually really good. It was a great place to be. It was a great place to work. We loved playing for Coach Caldwell, and we were a good football team. Were we great? No, and here's the thing. When he was hired, the comment was, "We need to take the next step as an organization." That was the comment from, I believe, ownership and their general manager Bob Quinn, who I love and have respect for. We need to take the next step. It was built for growth, not regression, and they have regressed massively.
2: Yeah, um, he has. Dan Orlovsky has play, claimed. Jeez, I'm all over the place. Dan Orlovsky has claimed. That Matt Patricia is a finger pointer, which is just true. Like he is one to it's it's it is such a weird thing. I've listened to a lot of press com- conferences from Matt Patricia, and there are so many times. The interception is probably the best example, claiming that he was the reason that the Patriots won that Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but there are so many times where he just says things where you're like, dude, you are delusional. Like you you do not understand what's going on. Or if you do, I can understand that words may slip past you sometimes, and that's the case for I think a lot of people sometimes, but if you are the head coach of an NFL organization, you can't let those things happen as often as they have in your situation, and especially to continue to double down on the fact that you think that this organization was in such a bad situation when you came into it. And with that, I will say, I have said since it happened, I genuinely thought that it was the right decision to move on from Jim yeah, Caldo. everybody did.
1: did and anybody who looks back on that like for the, like the general consensus was like we're right there you know he's he's doing a good job but it's not good enough like I'm pretty sure that's even what Bob Quinn says so anybody who's like oh well Jim Colo is better I'm, yeah it's easy hindsight's 2020 in retrospect yeah he actually was but we thought that we were moving past that and we just kind of needed to get over a certain hump we had the roster in place right we had the pieces we had the players we just needed a coach that was could elevate us a little bit and we thought Correct. that that was Matt Patricia unfortunately we weren't just wrong like we swung and missed and then did a 360 we have to
2: we have to reset the franchise yeah like we, that's like that's just where we're at we have to completely reset yeah. whenever this regime is gone because with what he came into again Jim Caldwell was a great coach and those were Objectively, better years than we're having right now. That's that's just what it is. But the issue that Jim Caldwell had was just, in short, winning the games you're supposed to win, and not the games that you need to win. So that's how we just ended up. We had that eleven and five season, which was fantastic. Playoffs were not that much fun though. Uh, went seven and nine, which we actually talked about that year, like in I think our very first episode, um, and then back to back nine and seven years. It came down to the final game against the Packers to win the division. You got to do it. And if you can't in back-to-back years, I don't, like, that's kind of what the job is. That's what you're in the NFL for is to win those games and make it happen. Four years um, and just wasn't able to get the job done to the extent that we would have liked. And, again, it was just ready. We you, were ready to take the next step. Um, so I guess we danced around a lot of things there. But it's just very frustrating to know that we have regressed. So much from a regime that we thought was going to take us to not just the next level, but somewhere that we have never been before.
1: Yeah, I just think it's bizarre to look back and think that the Lions actually won 11 football games in our lifetime. That's insane to me. One of the biggest issues that I've been having recently, and I hardly want to talk about the game at all, but one of the biggest, biggest issues that I had, not just with this last Sunday, but with every week it feels like this has just sort of been the same thing i don't really know who to blame for it if it's stafford at stafford but marvin jones can't play a game where he only has two targets and one catch and like kenny galladay had eight but he only grabbed four receptions and i think even tj hawkinson going into the half didn't have a single target like that's just unacceptable to me. Like I don't like Danny I feel like has been no, it has is. been getting his due a little bit. I know he only had two grabs and three targets um against the Saints. So it's just like again, I guess it's a Stafford thing. Like with Galladay he he's I, I mean if in the in the two weeks that he's played so far, it feels like he's delivering the balls to him that he normally would, like throws that to other players. It's like, why are you doing that? But it's Kenny Galladay so You know you can because he has the height he has the the size advantage and the elevation with marvin jones it just feels like he's being massively underutilized and it's really frustrating um and, and so then and so that sucks and then like even with the run game like ap just nobody was really there um and i'm at a point where it's like we look back to last week and we talk about well, they're looking for the Lions schedule, like it looks pretty decent. Like it there's a winnable schedule there. First of all, if you fire Matt Patricia, it's not. Um second of all, um, who cares? And and That's what I was just gonna say. Who, who like, cares? Who really cares?
2: I believe I'm almost gonna repeat verbatim what I had said before. I don't even know that I want us to win the games that we're supposed to win over the next few weeks after yeah. we get through the bye because the more that Matt Patricia wins the better the chances are that he sticks yeah, around no, to see it, this thing it felt through like and like there was
1: such an intense ultimatum this year that a 6 and 10 or a 7 and 9 is cause for firing cuz you have shown zero improvement you've regressed well that's my point
2: is like the rest of this uh schedule legitimately lends well for us to win 9 or 10 games at a one and three hole, it's really hard to get out of that and get to that nine or ten win uh, peak that I'm referring to. But I'm just I'm really at a loss with this team. As we've talked about it on every episode, that I am a Matthew Stafford stan. I changed my Twitter name to Matthew Stafford Henkel. Um I that's like my guy. And I will even say that the game on Sunday was the worst that I have seen him play in I don't know how long, probably since his rookie year.
1: Since the Jets home opener, Matt Patricia's debut, where he threw like four interceptions. No, he was terrible. I don't
2: blame him. I'm not blaming him, though, because that was like the Jets said we knew every move they were going to make. So that is just a team thing. Obviously, he's the quarterback, so he's going to look the worst in a game like that. But that was just a team issue top to bottom, start to finish. Individually, where you don't necessarily know why he played so bad. Sunday was the worst game that I've seen him play since his rookie. I'm
1: going to throw something out there for you. Uh, What is one of the biggest reasons that people make fun of the lions? Uh, I have no idea. Owen 16. We pushed two of the greatest players in, Ever oh, yeah. into retirement? Yeah. I'm gonna throw something out there. The season's done. Forget trading him. I, and I, and it and it's hard to imagine he just flat out retires when he's in the middle of the contract that he's in. You know what I mean? Like that's not. But what if he was just like I can't do this anymore? You know his maybe it, maybe a back thing flares up, something happens with him where he's like. It's just not worth it. And and again, with his contract, it's like he's not walking away from that money. And I'll look up how much exactly he he has left on that. But imagine something like that. Because I feel like the consensus right now is like at the end of the year, um, you know, when it inevitably goes south, the Lions are probably going to try to figure something out with him. And I'm just like, what if he was just like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't want to play football anymore. 32 years old, been in the league for over a decade. No, I don't blame him, but it's like that would shatter my heart.
2: I agree. But, I mean, of all the people that have been put through the Lions, I mean, he's got one of the best reasons to just say I'm all done. I obviously want to see him in a not even just a different situation, but a significantly better situation. You don't have to look that far to find that. Right. Um, I want to see him succeed. I think it's pretty common around the league from a fan base standpoint that if he does find himself in another uniform and he gets season two or three to um, showcase what he's made of, again, in a different uniform, in a different franchise, that he is capable of winning a playoff game or getting to the playoffs, I should say, at the very least. Um, I would love to see that happen for him. But again, I'm not expecting him to retire. I know that you were just throwing that out there as a big hypothetical. Yeah, I'm anyways. not expecting it either. But. It's, I just did not think that come the bye week, week five, this would be our conversation.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, you know.
2: Which is, that's just the epitome of being a Lions fan is every nice. single year you're like, I'm pretty sure we're going to be going to the Super Bowl this year. I literally did that. Kind of as a joke, but I was also serious. You weren't kidding at all. I don't care.
1: You weren't kidding. You were dead serious. You believed. I was
2: expecting like a very successful year. Super Bowl is always just a fun like. Sure. Yeah. Like why wouldn't we go to Super Bowl? But I know that you
1: at the very least were like, oh, we're gonna be pretty good this year. And I, I, I've already had that. Which
2: again, this roster is talented. This roster is capable of going to the playoffs. They are put in such terrible situations every single week. And are not put in a position to
1: win. And, and sometimes they or even just, be remotely successful. Sometimes it's their fault. Sometimes they just don't make the plays that they need to make, but that happens with any team ever. Um they're just poorly coached. And, and then also and just
2: poorly coached. Lions things happen. Like there are rules based on our team existing. Yeah. Literally, it, the false positive thing happened like that was Matthew Stafford. Yeah. He was the one that kicked off the protocols for how they can work through that the rest of the season. If that didn't happen. Maybe we actually didn't play on Sunday. There are just so many things where it's like, yep, the Lions started it. Everybody else gets to reap the benefits I can't
1: of think of much that's happened to the Lions this year so far through four games, four weeks. That constitutes like a, that's the Lions, because obviously DeAndre Swift, and then I think of Jamie Collins headbutting the official. But But then after that, I can't. You know, nothing really comes. This to This is mind. more
2: big picture, but just the way we've been blowing sure. leads, and we're leading, we're leading the NFL in
1: failure. Sure, but I'm talking Calvin Johnson catch, no, and I know Chancellor punch. Calvin the Johnson rule, like, I'm, th- like that's what yeah. I'm talking about. Like, there hasn't really been anything like that so far, and we're only a quarter of the way through the years. So, like, actually, yeah, 25% of the way through the year. So, um, you know, I, I, you can't say anything yet. Still, a, a lot of football to be played where they can, you know. Uh, mess something up. I think back to um, uh, Thanksgiving day in, I want to say 2011, maybe against the Texans and Arian Foster, I think was just down. Like he was straight up down. Uh, His knee touched the ground and he was like touched. Do you remember what play I'm talking about? And he just got up and ran 75 yards and everyone was like, that's a touchdown. But because we didn't have a challenge, we couldn't do anything about it. I don't know if you remember that. No, I I don't
2: remember. No, I remember the play. I guess I didn't
1: realize that it was
2: Thanksgiving or anything, but I do remember the play. That's one that I wouldn't have thought of. it was Thanksgiving. Something that I think I was on, I was like checking Snapchat or something, and they have those, I'll call them like professional stories. So you can get ESPN, SportsCenter, NFL, like all those ones. And I think it just said like, can you believe he caught this? And it was, I don't remember his name, it was a kind of nobody at the time. That receiver for Seattle that went down in the end zone to catch the ball with one hand and was grabbing our again, a kind of nobody defending him, but grabbing oh, his, face his face mask and mask pulling and like his entire his head neck. off. Yeah. Yeah. And like caught the ball and they called pass interference on us, and he caught the touchdown and they he got I, it. Like, it was a touchdown I for Seattle.
1: That ooh, I forgot about, I repressed that. I forgot how mm-hmm. how bad that made me um i i don't know i think I think the Falcons thing will forever make me the most angry um i had actually gone to bed so i didn't watch the aaron Rodgers helmet i don't i've I, i've never seen that play um don't i've it's, never seen I, it. I will never watch it um but i remember because i had to go to school the next day so i turned it off because i'm like we're gonna win the game it doesn't matter uh sure enough that didn't happen but the Falcons thing will always make me the most mad. I remember obviously watching the Calvin Johnson thing in Chicago too. I remember watching that. Um, that obviously was like, but I was a child. I didn't understand yet. To me, I was just like, oh no, my yeah. football team lost a game on a call that I didn't agree with. No, that's just how it is. Yeah. The the Golden Tate, like again, no, he was down. He was not in the end zone, but we would have been able to run another play. Um, Four weeks in we played four games or we're all we can talk about is
2: like, yeah, I remember all the bad things that happened to us every single year. And we're just always sad. You know
1: who's surprised you. I'm not, I'm just not surprised by it. No, not
2: even like a cliche. Like I'm not mad or surprised or anything. I'm just disappointed. Ah, That's the, that's the only way to, to put it again, this rust. And this is where your question came in before about like, why would we hire Quinn and Patricia like, why wouldn't it just be Patricia? Because we brought in talent. Like, this roster is talented. Why would we get rid of Quinn? Well, I already talked about it before. Kat is trying... Ripping the door off. I'm sorry. Um, Quinn said that 9-7 and seven is not good enough. We needed to move on from Caldwell. He brought in his buddy. And has just kind of put us in a a, a not-so-great situation. And I think that, that feeds into... Like, Sheila... hampford or whatever her name is she should obviously step in and say like hey guys you're all done quinn is not going to fire patricia that's just not going to happen because he probably knows too that like well i'm also going to be fired so let's just ride this out as long as we can before Sheila steps in this team is talented what's frustrating
1: where was i going with any of this you were explaining to me why quinn should also be fired despite putting together a competent roster
2: I guess that's it. It's it's just very frustrating that we have a talented roster and it's just going to be wasted, and we're probably going to have to blow. Have a reason for it, then? No, I'm sorry. The cat completely threw me off. I probably did actually have
1: an amazing. It was going to be the best point that I've ever made in my entire life, Uh, and it's gone. All right. Well, we're going to come back to it, and until Matthew remembers what exactly he wanted to say, not happy. Um, we're going to move on to something that Matthew is equally passionate about. Um. Last night, the—well, actually, and today, and then, Matthew, I actually don't know if it's going through Thursday. I don't know how long the NHL draft is. But as of Tuesday, the Detroit Red Wings, they have a new edition. Talk to me about them. Sell me on them. Convince me to, to listen to, to Ken and Mickey 82 nights a year.
2: I, mean, I, I, I guess I don't know why you're saying that I'm as passionate about the Red Wings as I am about the Lions, because that's not no, true. Relative to me. But— uh, yeah relative to you yes i do love the red wings and i'm of all the detroit teams i am the most excited about the red wings shout out to steve eiserman for
1: like Ooh. making my heart feel Ooh, who, by full. the way confirmed steve eiserman confirmed that they do not in-house refer to it as the quote eiser plan, plan. quote, and I'm, everyone in the replies was it, like oh wink wink like yes they definitely yeah, do. okay yeah.
2: yeah with that It was in that same press conference. Uh, He did an—I'll just get these out of the way because I don't even think we talked about it last week. Uh, Some Red Wings that we have to say goodbye to after a long time with them, aside from one. Trevor Daly's gone. He's the one who's pretty much just a rental vet by Trevor Daly. Sorry. Jimmy Howard, Justin Ablocator, and Jonathan Erickson are all gone truly the end of an era to those guys. Yeah, absolutely, it, it, yeah. Like, it's insane that those guys just are not Red Wings anymore, or now that they're gone, looking back and like, wow, you literally played here for 40
1: years. It's yeah, insane. You guys, we were talking about it, and I'm like, Jimmy's not been here for, you know, 15 years. cater has not been here for fit, but yeah, no, Abdelkader 2005. Blows my mind. Yep. Absolutely insane. It, it, it's sad. Like,
2: it had to be done. It's, it's sad because... It's sad, but it's not sad from like an optimistic standpoint because those they had to go. That's just what it is. Now with the draft, we drafted Lucas Raymond. Mm. If I'm being completely honest, I was not expecting us to take him.
1: Sounds like most people there weren't.
2: are right, and that's exactly what happened last year when we took Mo, which was fine. Like I mean, I'm pretty optimistic about the kid. Mo cider cedar. Oh. I still don't know if you say cedar or cider. So... I, I've heard it both. It's kind of like either
1: or either. Give me, give me, speak, speak to some of our listeners here a little bit. Um, give me an NBA draft comp. Like, if, if if the Pistons drafted this player, you'd be like, that's like the... where you're kind of like, oh, wait, what? All right.
2: Do you want me to give a comparison that's going to make you like... Wiseman? You're going to go on like an hour-long tangent of, of excitement. Lucas Raymond is like uh, an already ready Philip Zedina. Oh. That doesn't <laughs> answer my question, but that's very exciting. Well, I thought
1: that would actually make you really excited. I am very excited. I'm just containing it very well because that is a very interesting thing for me to hear because I ladies and gentlemen, if you do not know loves Zadina, Um, the big Z um, big, I got nothing else to say. I love Zadina. So let me ask you this um, about Raymond. Cause I, I don't, Zadina didn't play in Detroit his first year, right? Like it it took like a a year for him to actually, he was in Grand Rapids for like the entire season, right? So like we shouldn't expect to see Raymond in a Wings uniform for like a year and a half, two years, right? It's a little bit like
2: the top three to five guys. There's a very good chance that they're actually going to see time in the NHL in their first year. Like Alexi Lafreniere, yeah. he's going to start 82 games. So I'm sorry.
1: I don't mean to but I then, don't mean to cut you off. I just have this quick question because about Lucas Raymond because now I'm a little bit concerned. I remember vividly when we drafted Philip Zadina that it was like, he shouldn't have fallen to us. Like, I can't believe this happened. This is unreal. Like this guy's, he's it for Detroit. He's the future. And now you guys are like, eh, he's fine. Like he's not great. So t- talking about drafting a quote unquote already ready Philip Zadina is a little bit concerning to me because I'm like, but you weren't as big on him today as you were what two years ago, so how I, I don't I just don't know how good he's supposed to be. Do you, I, I? Maybe I'm not articulating this well. Do you, no, I get what okay. you're saying.
2: No, because Zadina, it, it just ended up being. This is a harsh term, but it, it seemed like a confidence thing. Like he obviously, like as soon as we drafted him and it seemed like the confidence was through the was roof with, with, with that wings kid
1: fans it was like curtains like the consmite is coming back to detroit like everybody was up in arms and now you're just kind of looking at him like ah so again he
2: the more time that he has seen uh in the ahl and with the red wings the better he has looked it has taken him a little while to adjust keep in mind when you draft a player, it's the same with like the MLB draft or with the NHL draft. They are 17 and 18 years old. Yes, These are basically children. And I'm sorry if you're listening and you're that old. But you're your you're child, especially uh, when you're playing with people that are twice your age. As far as age.
1: Matthew and I are concerned, you are a toddler.
2: Yes. Lucas Raymond is a sniper He's a playmaker, and he just plays smooth. Zadina, not to say that he's not those things, he's supposed to snipe. It took him a while to get that going, again, in the AHL and the NHL. The more time he's seen, the better he's gotten. Um, Lucas Raymond, by all accounts, seems... Again, he's not going to just be starting like 82 games in in the NHL or anything, He's probably going to be up and down a little bit, depending on what we need and who we want to develop, especially now that these older guys are actually out of the way and we can give these young guys a chance to do something. I'm looking forward to it, though. Okay. I I think that um, Zadina will probably see more time than him uh, in the NHL this year. So I guess I, I hate to say that he's a more ready Zadina. Um I guess I meant more so that he is what we had thought that Zadina was going to be. Not that he can't become that, but it's to me, it's a very similar player, which is exciting. Gotcha. Um,
1: well, let me throw this out there. Uh, the Red Wings. Go ahead, you can finish up.
2: The success that the Red Wings have had uh, with the Swedish uh, hockey players has been pretty insane. So True. getting him and then. Uh, William Wallander is another Swede. that's the 6'4 defenseman that we took with our with our second pick. Um, I think I, I don't know if I said that he was a lefty, but he is a lefty similar to he's a little bit taller, significantly taller than a Mr. Lidstrom mm. but another lefty defenseman Swede. So I, re- I really like everything that Stevie has done so far. Lucas Raymond, I'm really excited about again I was surprised when we took him so I had to do a little bit of extra research as opposed to some of the other guys. but really looking forward to him being up. a a really talented young core that i don't think is ready to burst yet for us to actually be competitive i'm still expecting another year maybe two before we can really start to consider the red wings to be a threat to do anything but there is a a lot of promising talent coming through the pipelines for us right now let me throw the. i am so excited like i am assuming i'm allowed to and I only went to one this past season, I want to be at every single Griffins game possible.
1: Okay. Um, Which it's not going to happen, gonna but happen. I want so to. So Van Andel Arena is a great arena. Um, I watched Matthew uh, receive his uh, degree on that stage. Yeah. At, I, at Van let's Andel. talk
2: about what you guys were doing while I was supposed to be graduating and yeah. just not paying attention at all.
1: Um. No. So I just want to throw this Gross. out there. Um, I don't want to excite you, Matthew. Name one of the wings. Uh, this is going to sound like a weird sentence. Name one of Detroit's best wings of all time.
2: Best wings of all time. Just name one? It's
1: one of the best. One of the best. Darren McCarty. That's a great pick. Okay?
2: It seemed like, I don't know, I was trying to overthink sure. it, I guess.
1: Darren McCarty. Let's just use him as, as an example. He's in year two at the wings. He plays 31 games. Zadina, in year two, played 28. Darren McCarty had 13 points, which is like, not great. It's whatever. Zadina had 15. He also had eight goals. McCarty only had five. Matthew, I'm not trying to say anything here, but I'm looking at this trajectory, right, this apex. Oh, yeah. And I'm I'm seeing a guy, you know, I'd like, I think it's weird. I didn't realize his minutes were as bad as they were. His average time on ice is, what, 15 minutes. Um, That's not bad in hockey. Is it not? That's like Out of 60? No,
2: hockey, in hockey, you typically, and, like, depending on who you are, you're going to play about, like, a period, a game.
1: Right, okay, so let me just, for reference then, let me just look.
2: So I guess there are some other people that are going to be playing up, like, toward the 23 to 25 if you were, like, elite elite. But otherwise,
1: yeah, you're sitting around, like, 20 yeah, if you're a first-line guy. And... Connor McDavid's at on a, on a career average is at just – he's at 21 and a half minutes per game. So Zadina's got some catching up to do. Um, but I have full faith in him that that he's going to be able to – So, okay, basically everything – I also – I well, okay, I'm in between, like, three different things here. So let me. At- this is a scattered episode. This is yeah, fine. We might like as well three, just get it all out like in three one episode. Here, let me just say the main one. Um, one that I, I think most people know, but if you're not really a Red Wings fan, you're not paying attention, whatever. Um, I know Matthew knows this. So Stevie built the Tampa Bay Lightning, who just won the second their second Stanley Cup this decade, right? It was two, not yep. three. Okay, their second. Oh, not decade. Yes, this decade they won in like 2014. This is a new decade. For, no, the last 10 years. In the last <laughs> decade, they won two. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so Stevie helped build this team that just won a Stanley Cup, and now he's in Detroit uh, laying out the Iser plan, and um, hopefully Zadina's going to be a, an, an integral part of, of that. Because if not, which also, get the man verified on Twitter. This looks like a burner account every time he tweets. But every time he does, it's electric. I love it. Big, big fan of Zadina on Twitter. His DMs are open. I've thought about just being like, hey, brother, want to come on the pod? Wait a minute. That's a great idea. We could just do Why it. Why don't we do that?
2: Uh, we'll have to see how strong his English is first, actually, because I don't know off the top of my head. I'll look up a few Zadina
1: interviews. I can learn. Not right now. I can now, learn
2: Do it, do what I think you that's will. That's where
1: he's from. Uh, yeah, might as well send him a message. I don't know why we wouldn't. He's also, I think he's younger than us. That would be he so weird. He was born in '99. I don't like that. And I would have to be like, hi, oh, Philip. I'm oh, your the biggest fan. Lucas
2: Raymond was born in what is '02. Same with uh, Wallander. I mean, we're both older than weird. Luka
1: Doncic, so I don't. Like I that. hate that. I hate that animal. Yeah. Um, is that all you got on the Red Wings, Matthew? Did we just call it an episode there? I don't think... You want to did, put a ball. on You this? didn't
2: finish your point, did you? Um, No idea, because we, we don't know what we're
1: doing. I think I did. I'm trying to rack my... Br- oh, no, I did. I just wanted to throw it out there just so it was that Stevie built Tampa Bay and that now he's in Detroit. So it's like, look at what he just did as general manager of the Lightning. And it's like, see, this isn't some Matt Patricia. We're just putting faith into this thing. Like, no, we have inocular proof that Stevie is good at his job, which is amazing because that doesn't it, always translate into those positions,
2: but he's no, really it doesn't. good. And it's really nice to have him and Draper working together too. What? And like they say, yeah, Chris Draper is our like amateur head amateur scout. I, I forget his exact title, but Chris Draper is like the reason that we draft well. Chris Draper, kind another of. all-time great uh, Red Wings wing. Wing. Um. Yeah, so... When you are a professional, and especially on the level like someone, Stevie, Stevie Iserman, you're going to be professional. So there have been a lot of pieces. You mentioned at the the top of the episode or the top of the segment, at least with the Iser plan, like, oh, that's just a fan thing. Like you guys can call it that. But in house, uh, we don't refer to it as that. Uh, I would hope you do, because that would be amazing. And you're allowed to. And that's just what it's called. Uh, he does not take that much credit for where, well he he knows what he did but he's the kind of guy where if you were to ask him like so what does that success mean to you that you did this with Tampa bay like with ease and like so successfully and he would just be like oh you know it's a team effort a eh, and you know things are good and well, my Tim you know hockey's is,
1: uh, ready i gotta go guys sorry
2: yeah hockey's a good thing and you know we, you know the Tampa bay lightning or it's a good time that down there and, you know, they got good fans and the team's good and, you know, we're just happy to be successful and, you know, we're happy to have the opportunity. And also, uh, side note, it's really funny to listen to uh, between – I'm not bashing anybody. It's just very funny to go between them. The Lions press conferences, hmm. uh, Pistons, Tigers, and Red Wings and, like, go between them all. No surprise, the hockey ones are so polite and it's so funny and they're just so nice. It's it's just very funny to listen to them. Yeah. And be like, okay, thank you for your time there. I and, was just gonna add, it you know, It's a good time, coach. It's like
1: also if you've been hearing the beeping, I apologize. My PlayStation just beeps all the time, and there's nothing I can do about it. Um, it's like if you listen to a Pistons press conference, hey Dwayne, how's your day going? Like that's the question, and then you, Matt Patricia, where do you live? Like what time do you usually go to sleep? You know, like uh, do you uh do you better do you sleep with one eye open because you might want to do that? Like there's just so much hostility now. Um, and that, is,
2: that is like the biggest factor is they're, everybody's just very on edge and he is also very on edge. So it's, you, you can feel the tension the camera, in every press
1: conference. The camera pans do him in every game and you're just like, this guy knows. And I, and I, I hate it cause I feel bad, but I'm like, no, 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 Nick, stop.
2: He's no, I completely agree. It's, it's very hard to like go every single week. And every time I listen to these press press conferences, there are sometimes where he gives an answer. He talks about something. And you're like. I want to like you. He he seems like such a cool guy. Stop talking.
1: Bad at his job. Yeah,
2: and I don't like. I completely understand. Sometimes you're gonna lash out, but also, again, that goes back to what I was saying. You're the head coach of an NFL organization. You can't act the way that you act a lot of the time. He has cleaned up things a lot since his first year when he was telling like reporters and stuff, like, "Hey, you sit up. Like you're a professional. You gotta take this serious and stuff." He's fixed all that, but again, do not take credit. I'm never gonna let that go. Him taking credit for that interception.
1: One of He's probably the brought it up like funniest things I've ever heard a professional grown man coach say is like, "Oh yeah, well I coached at the Super Bowl one time, and one of my players had an interception. So what do you got to say now?" And it's like, "I good for Malcolm Butler? No, 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 no." So I don't know. It I I he he does a good job humanizing himself when he speaks, but it's also really annoying. Um, I got nothing else Matthew if you got any closing thoughts luckily we have a bye week coming up so we don't have to listen to Matthew listen to Matthew's ambitious predictions um, Matthew's instead going to uh, spend his weekend at the movie theater catching up on some films I'm bringing my sleeping bag I got
2: a tent ready yeah. literally just gonna rent it out and sleep there
1: all weekend and after he's done going camping he's gonna go see some movies at the movie theater so Matthew you got any closing thoughts uh, no,
2: but since I can't predict a score, but since you gave me the, 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 the... <laughs> <laughs> since I have the floor yeah. <laughs> in, I think it was our pilot episode. You wanted to end it with a question. I think it was like oh, your I, favorite line of I all said, time or something. I like
1: said that. like, just name an obscure favorite. Like, cause if you say favorite line, you're going to say Matthew Stafford. So we had to kind of tweak it. Well, you didn't say obscure. I think you just said like, don't is basically name your favorite line. That's not that ma- Matthew oh, right,
2: Stafford. Okay, sure. I don't have one off the top of my head. You always throw stuff up on me to make me do things off the top of my head, and then that's that's always a disaster. Okay. So why don't you, off the top of your head, do that again? Ask another question.
1: Um, I mean, it would have to be related to Detroit sports then. Well, yeah. Okay. Can I do Michigan State or we can't do Michigan State?
2: People. Uh, people we can do Michigan yeah, sure. State. I should do Michigan State. I, I, Okay before we get into that I just want to clarify for listeners for the entirety of this episode up to this point anytime that Michigan state has come up we're very proud to like be state fans I think that we can actually do a good job of when it comes to Michigan and Michigan state just being Objective. honest and yeah and talk, talking about Michigan in like an honest open sense yeah. I'm not okay, like just, I'm not gonna I'm not bash 12 them 12 on anymore, here if there's and no in point. middle
1: school and battling yeah. with my friends I'm a grown-up who just appreciates when people are good at what they do and Michigan is good at a lot of things. Xavier Simpson is one of my favorite college basketball players ever.
2: Oh no, my like if I had to this is the most obvious player of all time. If I had to pick one Michigan basketball player ever and say, like, I wish you were at Michigan State, Traver. it's Trey Burke. Well, duh, but That's Xavier Simpson. Like Simpson's the is, answer. I'm gonna
1: say Duncan Robinson. Uh name your favorite Michigan State football player ever. That's not Kirk Cousins. That's not a quarterback. Uh, Devin Thomas, Javon Ringer, Blair White. Blair White was probably my answer. Greg Jones. Well, okay. Greg Jones is. I don't like this question. Otis Wiley. Oh. um, Justin Kershaw. There's a. Hakeem Warwick. um, Safety number three. Nehemiah Warwick. He uh, laid the wood on. uh, Oh, Nehemiah Warwick. What did I say? Hakeem. I didn't know what you said. I just heard Warwick and I was like, oh, (laughs) Nehemiah Warwick (laughs) is what what he meant to say. Um, Blair white is a really great answer. And then Javon yeah. ringer is also in there. And, and then my, I my, that's like your one, correct I guess. Answer. Is, yeah, for sure. My obscure one, I guess is, uh, Gerald Holmes. I loved Whoa. Gerald Holmes. I, yeah, I mean, it, he was it, very it feels good. a little recent cause it is, but, but genuinely like I loved him. Um, uh, Nick Foles, I really enjoyed his time. Uh, with yeah. with Michigan State. Um, now, Matthew, those, there goes Matthew's closing thoughts. We spent it rambling about uh obscure – people probably don't even remember. The people who listen to this do not remember Nehemiah Warwick and Justin Kershaw. Um, I, I, I'm going to be so mad because there's going to be so many other players. No. Um, all righty, Matthew. Well, if you guys are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars and subscribe – we will catch you guys next week. Topic TBD, because the Lions won't be playing. Probably going to be a preview show, but we'll see. If Matt, if, if, if Patricia's fired by then well, then, we'll have something to talk about. But until then, folks, we will catch you guys in the next one.